0: Oh boy, Google and Yahoo have caused quite a stir in the email marketing community. And as per usual, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of people using scare tactics to sell expensive solutions, and there's a lot of other people who want you to believe that this is the end of email marketing. Let's see if we can figure out what's really going on. This is episode 107 of the Tiny Course Empire podcast, and today I am going to do my best to demystify the upcoming email requirements that you've been hearing about for a few weeks. I did some digging, and I'm going to break those changes down into bite-sized bits that hopefully won't sound quite so scary. Welcome to the Tiny Course Empire podcast. A weekly show dedicated to helping you launch and grow your digital course business, even if you don't have a big team or a six-figure ads budget. We'll help you design smart systems, take consistent action, and achieve massive success on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Cindy Bedar. Hey, it's Cindy, and thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. You'll find the show notes and all of the recommended resources, and there's going to be quite a few of them that you're going to want to check out. Those will be at tinycourseempire.com forward slash one zero seven. While you're there, be sure to hit the subscribe button. New episodes drop every Thursday morning and next week we're going to lighten up a little bit. We're going to be talking about some of the strategies that I use to be a better and more prolific content creator. If you think of yourself as a perfectionist, if you keep telling yourself that you're going to start blogging or you're going to launch that podcast Or if you've got an email list that hasn't heard from you in a few weeks, then I've got some tips that are going to help. But that is next week. This week is all about Google and Yahoo's new email requirements. So let's dive in. First of all, what the heck is this all even about? Well, a few months ago, Google and Yahoo announced that starting in 2024, they were going to require senders of bulk email, in other words, email marketers like us, to follow some new rules if they want their emails to be delivered to Gmail and Yahoo addresses. Basically, what they're saying is that you need to do three things in order to get those commercial email messages, your email marketing messages delivered. The first thing you need to do is authenticate your email. You need to prove that you are who you say you are. You also need to give your subscribers an easy way to unsubscribe, and you need to keep your spam rates below a certain threshold. So let's talk about what each one of these requirements means. But first, I want to make it really clear who these rules are for. This is about commercial emails. This is not about you emailing your Aunt Betty or, you know, Emailing a group email to your book club, right? This is for people who are sending commercial emails from services like ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign or MailerLite or MailChimp or whatever email platform you use to send commercial emails to your email subscribers. According to Google, these rules only impact you if you send more than 5,000 emails in any one day. Yahoo, as far as I know, does not make that distinction. They are saying these rules are for everyone, regardless of how many emails you are sending. And this is emails that you are sending to personal Gmail accounts and personal Yahoo accounts only. Yesterday on our Six Figure Systems Q&A call, I mistakenly said that this includes Google Workspace accounts as well, but that is not the case. This is email that you are sending to personal Gmail accounts only and to personal Yahoo accounts only. Will other providers jump on the bandwagon? My guess is they probably will. But even if they don't, even if AOL never says, yes, you need to follow these rules, even if MSN says, never says that, even if Comcast never says that, Gmail and Yahoo are a huge portion of your subscribers. In fact, I did a quick look at my ConvertKit account And I did a search for all of my Gmail subscribers and all of my Yahoo subscribers. And I have 5,468 subscribers who use either a Gmail or a Yahoo account. And that is out of a total of 7,694 subscribers. So 71% of the people who subscribe to my email list are using either Google or Yahoo or Gmail or Yahoo as their email platform. So it's a big deal. It's not something that we can just ignore. Now, there are, before we dig into what the authentication and the uns- one-click unsubscribe and the spam rate rules are, there are a couple of terms that you should know. The first one is receiving mail server This is the mail system that your subscribers use to receive their emails. So this is Gmail. It's Yahoo. It's Hotmail. It's AOL. It's that server that first gets the email delivery and then forwards it on to your subscriber. You can think about it like the post office, right? If you send a paper letter, it goes first to the post office, and then it gets delivered to the home of your receiver. A receiving mail server is the same thing. It's the post office for email. So these receiving mail servers are run by companies like Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail, etc. The sending mail server is the computer or the server that sends your emails. So if you are using ConvertKit to send bulk email, this is ConvertKit servers. They maintain these big servers that are all sending out all of the bulk email. The third word that you need to understand is spoofing. This is when someone sends an email and it appears to be from someone else. If you have ever received a spam email that says it is from you, that's spoofing. And unfortunately, it's really easy to do. I can send an email and I can claim it is from anybody. And that really is at the heart of what Gmail and Yahoo are trying to do. They are trying to prevent spoofing because it is very dangerous it's what phishing emails are based on it's it's the tool that phishing emails use and if you are not familiar with that term i guess maybe i should define that phishing spelled with a p h is an email that is attempting to get confidential information from you by pretending to be something or someone else and that relies on spoofing so this is what Gmail and Yahoo are trying to prevent. So I said there were three things that you need to do to keep on the good side of these new changes coming up. And the first thing is to authenticate your email. And the way you authenticate your email, well, let's say, let's first of all define what that means. Authenticating your email means that you are saying to Gmail or Yahoo or Hotmail or whoever, you are saying to that receiving email sender to the post office, if you will, that I am who I say I am. I'm sending email as Cindy Bidar. That email is coming from CindyBidar.com and I am Cindy Bidar and that email is authenticated. That's what we are trying to prove to the receiving email servers that you are who you say you are and that you have permission to be sending email from that server. So the first tool that we use to do that, the first thing that the receiving email servers are looking for is called an SPF record. SPF stands for Sender Policy Framework. And an SPF record identifies the sending mail servers that are allowed to send email on behalf of your domain. So remember, I said that the sending email server might be ConvertKit, or it might be Active campaign, or it might be mail or light, whatever email platform you're using is sending bulk email on your behalf, and they are saying this email is from you. So, ConvertKit is sending out emails and saying they're from me. And it is the sender policy framework or the SPF record that connects those two things that tells Google and Yahoo and other email receiving servers that. Convert kit is allowed to send email and say it's from me. I have given them permission. That's what the SPF record shows. This has always been a best practice. This has always been something you should do if you are sending large volumes of commercial email. But now Google and Yahoo are saying this is no longer just a best practice. This is no longer just a recommendation. This is required or we will not deliver your email. The second way that they Authenticate your email that they prove or that they believe that the email that you are sending is really from you is with a DKIM record. DKIM stands for Domain Keys Identified Mail. And this is a record that stores a little bit of code that the receiving mail server uses to verify a message's signature. So this helps prevent spammers from spoofing your email address. Remember, we talked about what spoofing is a minute ago. This is the record that prevents people from spoofing your email address. Actually, that's I mis I misstated that. You can't prevent someone from spoofing your email, but what you can do is prevent those emails from being delivered, and that's what the DKIM record does. Again, this has always been a best practice, but it will now be required. The third piece of information that the email receiver server is looking for is called a DMARC record. This stands for Domain-Based Message Authentication Reporting and Conformance. I don't know why these things have such long names. The name makes less sense than DMARC does. But basically what this is, is it is instructions for the receiving email server. It tells it what to do with messages that it can't authenticate. So this is my sending server saying, you know what, if you get an email and it says it's from me and you can't authenticate it, you can't you know, prove that it's really from me, it doesn't match the SPF record, it doesn't match the DKIM record, just throw it away. Put it in the trash, don't deliver it, whatever. That's the instruction that the receiving email server is supposed to follow. And this is actually a new requirement. This has never really been listed as a best practice or a recommendation, it is a new thing that Google and Yahoo are requiring you to have on your email server. So I mentioned that these are all records. I keep throwing that word around and you might be wondering, well, what, what, is that? what does that even mean? What's a record? These are bits of information that you put in a DNS record. DNS stands for Domain Name System. And it's DNS records that act as I've seen it described as the phone book of the internet. Every website has a DNS record that tells the internet at large what server that website is hosted on. So if you go to CindyBedar.com, the world, all of the all of the computers in the world, all of the all of your internet service providers don't necessarily know where to look for cindybdar.com. There's millions and millions, maybe even billions of web hosts, web servers in the world. How do they know which computer holds the files for my site? How do they know where to look for that site? Well, they look in the DNS record to find that information. So the DNS record says, oh, it's at this IP address. That's where to go to see that website and then your computer is routed to that IP address so you can get to my website. So that's basically what a DNS record is. And there are there's lots of different information that you can put in a DNS record including things like SPF, DKIM and DMARC. So that's where Google and Yahoo are going to look for this information. They're going to go to your DNS records and they're going to see if you have a sender policy framework and what it says. They're going to see if you have a domain keys identified mail and what it says. They're going to see if you have a DMARC record and what it says. So they're looking at those DNS records. And the way that you set DNS records is with your web host. And this is, it's really kind of a nerdy thing. It's kind of a geeky thing. If you are not comfortable screwing around in your DNS records cuz you really can break things so you know you have to know what you're doing you have to be confident in your own abilities and if you are not comfortable doing that then i'm going to recommend that you contact your website host and ask them to either do it for you or recommend someone that you can hire to do this for you because it really is kind of a geeky thing that can be easily that can be easily messed up and we don't want that to happen so When you're talking about setting these SPF records and DKIM records, and I'm going to talk more in a minute about where to get help with this stuff, but you are going to do that in your web hosting account. So that's the first part. That's the authentication part. That's telling Google and Yahoo that you are who you say you are, that this email that says that it's coming from you really is from you, that you gave ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign or MailChimp permission to send email on your behalf. And if they can't match those records up, if they can't prove who you say you are, then this is what they should do with that incoming email. That's what that authentication piece is all about. That is the most important piece. And again, These were previously best practices. Now they are required. The second piece that Google and Yahoo are requiring is this one click unsubscribe. So we all have an unsubscribe link in our emails. Hopefully you, that's, that's a requirement. It's been a requirement for as long as I've been email marketing. There's had, you've always had to have an unsubscribe link in any commercial email that you send. Now, What's changing is that this has to be a one-click unsubscribe. It cannot link to a landing page. It must truly be a one-click unsubscribe. It's really unclear to me and to a lot of people. I'm seeing a lot of questions on, on Google's site about whether or not you can ask people to confirm that they want to unsubscribe whether or not you can ask them why they're unsubscribing. A lot of times you'll see that when you unsubscribe from an email, you'll see, you know, a little survey, a little a little, you know, maybe four or five options survey where where the the sending service will ask you why are you unsubscribing? It's really unclear if that is still compliant with this rule or if it is not compliant with this rule. What I did read on Google's bulk sender guidelines and I'm going to link to that in the in the show notes. What I did read was that you cannot link to a landing page. So in other words, you can't link to a landing page where you ask a bunch of questions or where you maybe make them fill out their email address again, things like that. It must truly be a one click unsubscribe. And this is your email platform's job to manage this. So you are probably already doing this or you're doing something that's really really close, right? You've already got an unsubscribe link in your emails. We all have that. That's a requirement. I cannot send emails from ConvertKit. I could not send emails from ActiveCampaign without having that unsubscribe link. They wouldn't allow it. So, you're already you already have an unsubscribe link and like I said, it is your email platform's job to manage this one click piece. And we're going to talk About when that is required as well because it's not like right now you don't have to have this right now but keep an eye on that I'm sure that as the deadline gets closer for this we're going to hear more about this and it's going to be clarified a bit because right now like I said it really is a bit confusing okay then the third piece of the puzzle is spam complaints you have to keep your spam complaints under a certain level and I think we all know what spam is right Spam is any email that we did not agree to receive. It is the email that I get from that marketer who keeps changing email platforms after I've unsubscribed and they keep emailing me and emailing me and emailing me, even though I've unsubscribed multiple times. That is spam. The new rules state that you must maintain an average spam complaint rate below 0.1%. That's one out of a thousand messages. And that you must never go above 0.3% or three out of a thousand messages. So if you send 10,000 emails, if you have 10,000 people on your email list and you send 10,000 emails, that means that your spam percentage is expected to be less than 10 spam complaints. Now, What's important to know here is that they are counting human-reported spam. Some email platforms will report spam just automatically. They'll just decide one day that your email is spam and they will report a lot of spam. That is not what Google and Yahoo are looking at here. They are looking at actual humans who clicked the spam button in their email pl- in their email client and said, your email is spam. So they're not looking at bot reporting. They're not looking at any automated reporting. Not looking at any of that. They're looking at human-reported spam. And you can actually see how much human-reported spam you are getting if you go to Postmaster Tool, no postmaster.google.com. And I'm going to put the link to this in the show notes. If you have Google Analytics or Google Webmaster Tools whatever they're calling it these days, they keep changing the name. If you basically have Google Webmaster Tools hooked up on your domain, then you can use Postmaster Tools at postmaster.google.com to see your user-reported spam rate. So this is not the same as the spam reporting that you might see in your email platform, right? It's not the same as the number that maybe ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign is reporting. Google is looking at only the user reported spam complaints and the best way to know what that number is for you is to use Google's Postmaster tools and again I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Now what's really important for you to understand is that all of these changes are not taking place at once they're not you know there's no There's no big cutoff date. There's no, you know, this is the line in the sand. They're rolling this out over time. So let's talk about the dates that you need to know. And I got these dates from Google. So this is what Google is saying. Again, Yahoo might be doing something a little bit differently, but in my experience, Yahoo is a tiny percentage of the emails that I'm sending out. Google is the much larger percentage. Remember, I talked about those 5,400, where's my number? 5,468 out of 7,694 are either Yahoo or Gmail addresses. If I look at just Gmail, it's like 4,900. So a very small percentage is actually Yahoo. So all that to say, I don't know that these dates are applicable to Yahoo addresses as well, because this is something I heard from Google. So the dates that you need to know starting in February, Google will start reporting temporary er error codes for potentially undeliverable emails. In other words, emails that don't meet these new requirements for your SPF records, your DKIM records, your DMARC records, and your one-click unsubscribe records. Google is going to start reporting back to you or to your email platform that these emails may not be delivered but these are temporary error codes. They're still going to deliver the email. It's just kind of a warning. It's it's kind of like, hey, a heads up. These emails in the future will not be delivered if you don't fix these things. Okay, so that's happening in February. Then in April, they're going to start not delivering a small percentage of those emails. They're still going to report these errors to you. And they're also going to stop delivering some of those emails. And the phrase that the Google email person used was a small percentage. They didn't say what percentage, just a small percentage of non-compliant email will not be delivered starting in April. And then in June is when they're going to start enforcing the one-click unsubscribe rule. This date, I get the impression, has been pushed back multiple times. So it's kind of fluid right now, and I'm sure we will learn more about what this exactly means. My guess is it's kind of fluid because it's a bit confusing for people. So in June, as of right now, that rule will go into effect where you must have the one-click unsubscribe option. And again, that is up to your email platform. That is up to ConvertKit to maintain. That's up to active campaign whatever email sending platform you are using that's on them you just have to have the link in your email and you probably already do all right that's a lot so how do you get help with this i told you that you know adding these dns records can be a little geeky it can you know has the potential to really mess up your your server if you do it wrong if you put the wrong information in there has the potential to prevent your emails from being delivered So how do you get help with this if you are sending bulk email, if you are an email marketer? I want you to start with your email marketing platform. That is your best source of information. They are well aware of these changes and it is their business to stay compliant, right? They need to stay in business. They need to keep you paying them. They need to make sure that your emails are getting delivered so it is in their best interest to make sure that you are compliant. So start with them, reach out to their support, read their support documents, read the instructions. They all have instructions for how to how to put these records on your server. They all have instructions for where to find this information, how to install it, all of that stuff. If you can't get help from your email marketing platform or or if the... If they give you the information and you and you're having trouble getting your DNS records set up, then go to your hosting account. Your hosting account is also well aware of this information. Whether you host with Liquid Web or Mom Webs or SiteGround or you know whoever you are hosting your website with, they are all well aware of these new upcoming rules. They're well aware of these changes and. It's their job to help you implement these SPF records, DKIM records, and DMARC records on your server. So they can help you. They are your second source of support. I also want to encourage you to read Google's Sender Guidelines. That's going to answer a lot of the questions that you have, and it's it's a little... mm, Some of them are a little nerdy, so you can you can find a lot of information in there and some of it is probably not going to be super clear but keep an eye on it because that is the one true source of information some final thoughts about these changes that are coming up. I know, like I said at the beginning, there's a lot of people that are maybe crying wolf about this, or I guess maybe Chicken Little is a a little more apt analogy. You know, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. There's a lot of people out there who are really worried about this. And what I want you to really understand, what I want you to really know, is that Google and Yahoo are not out to get you. They are not trying to kill legitimate Email marketing. What they are doing is putting tighter restrictions on bulk sending so that they can more easily identify the actual spammers so that your legitimate email doesn't get accidentally dumped into the spam folder or simply not delivered at all. This is not a bad change. This is something that we, as good email marketing citizens, should actually be happy about. Yes, it's a little painful to set up, but in the end, it is a good. Positive change. And personally, I'm pretty happy with it. Now, I'd like to hear from you. Click over to tinycourseempire.com forward slash one zero seven and let me know what questions or concerns you have about this new change. I'll do my best to find the resources you need to answer your questions. And could you do me a favor? If you're enjoying the show, would you go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and review? That helps the algorithms know that you value this content so they show it to more people. That's the best way to help us grow. That's it for me this week. I will be back next week with my best advice for becoming a better and more prolific content creator. Have a terrific rest of your day, and I will talk to you again next week. If you like what you hear on the Tiny Course Empire podcast,